Today is January 16th, and the Buckos got it right this time. Andrew McCutcheon is coming home. And we'll have Jason Mackey on here to talk about it all. You're listening to the Bridge to Bucktober podcast. Yins guys, thank you for listening to the Bridge to Bucktober podcast where we talk all about them Pittsburgh Pirates and that. My name is Josh and I am joined as always by my brother Jake. What's up, Jake? Hey man, how we doing? I might have just said Pittsburgh like our grandma Barker used to say. Yeah. You did. It's, yeah. it's good. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> it was not intentional. <laughs> hey, a little bit here, uh, like very shortly, we are going to be joined by Jason Mackey from Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Um, and pretty excited for this. We have a very short window with him. It feels like, um, maybe it'll be, maybe it'll be a full half hour. Maybe, uh, maybe it'll be shorter than that. Really, um, kind of had this planned out now for about a week. Uh, and it looks like our timing is hitting with a lot of things. So we're going to try to fit this in and get him on here, answer some questions, stuff like that. So looking forward to that. Um, but Dude, Kutch. Kutch. I mean, enough said, right? <laughs> I've been talking about this. Yeah. I have made have. it a point the last two weeks I've said it, and I was going to say it every single episode until he signed somewhere. Because I've been making it a point to say this needs to happen, and there's yeah. no reason it's not. Now, it's happened. And I, for one, am very excited yeah. As is everyone who's a Pirates fan. I mean, this is right. across the board excitement. And there are some people who have things to say. To them, we say, not this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> because it just doesn't matter. Like, right. we're just pumped. And if you don't get it, then you just don't get it. Right. I don't know. I don't know how to. There's no words to explain it. This is, to me... This is baseball. Yeah. This is what people talk about when they talk about the romance of baseball. It's different. It's just different. Yep. Not that it doesn't exist in other sports. Sure. It absolutely can. I'm not trying to say that, but it is. I'm just saying it. it it's alive and well in baseball and things like this. They, they kind of remind us of that mm-hmm. where, you know, there are times when you kind of feel like this kind of stuff doesn't happen. I mean, sure, the best part of this would have been if he just would have been here forever. Um, but this is the next best thing. Right. So, uh, man, I just I just can't be excited. What do we have coming up here today? We, I mean, first off, Jason Mackey, that's going to be the big thing. We're going to talk to him about McCutcheon. We're going to talk to him about Brian Reynolds. Um, I know that we keep saying we're going to avoid this, but when I was talking to him earlier this week, he was like, no, I think we should. All right, let's do it. And some things have kind of changed on that front and not the way we all assumed it would change. But also he, he, he put out an article about pitching this week, which is very interesting. And, and if we can get to anything else, we have a couple other questions we'd ask him, but um, you know, it's, it, I'm looking forward to this and as I'm sure, you know, you guys are too. Uh, but also, you know, when he's, uh, when he's off here, you know, we'll kind of talk about those things amongst the two of us. Um, 
international signings are today, which is why we're actually in a tight window because there's some things happening uh, for Jason. He has to get some articles out and um, it's all based around international signings, of course. And, um, but then there's, there's one more thing and then we'll talk about this later, but I'll go ahead and bring it up now. Uh, robot umps, uh, the, uh, uh, what's the actual term for it? Automated strike zone, you know, however you say it. Um, it will be used in every AAA park this season. And so that is going to be something that we're going to, that we're going to discuss too. And, um, yeah, I, I don't know, full, full episode here, full slate of things to talk about this week. Um, but mostly focused on, I, you know, I wore my McCutcheon shirt and I, we got on here and first off I'm cold. Uh, second, uh, I'm looking at the screen and I'm like, you can't see it anyway. So I looked at, I have three of them that have just been sitting in my dresser refusal to get rid of them. And so I was like, well, I mean, I'm going to keep them. He's a bucko forever. I've always thought that I still think that. Um, and now this is confirmation that he will be, uh, again, and with with no question, you know what I mean. You come back full circle, right? Then that's it, it's no question. You're you're a bucko forever. So um, anyway, right. just kind of looked at him. I, I think I said at one point, well, I hope I can fit at him. <laughs> 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 hope they still fit. Um, we're okay on that front. Happy to happy to announce. <laughs> <laughs> Lucky you. Lucky me. Um, so yeah. it usually doesn't happen, right? For anyone. Yeah, I would not I would not fit into my McCutcheon clothes anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so uh it, it yeah, I know I just talked a lot. Um and I don't know if this is where we just stop and, and wait for Jason to connect with us here or if you've got anything else here to start us off. Um no, no I mean not not really. I just I'm excited and I know everybody's excited. This is this is actually for a change. It's a good time to be a Pirates fan. Um, just just got to get we, we got it right this time. Yeah, like I think so. And, in it. and 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 I'm sure Jason's going to go down this path. Uh, very mm-hmm. interesting the way that uh, the way that this happened. And and yeah, uh, I, I will say I'm glad that they responded. The Pirates, meaning that responded the way that they did to this situation and man, I just, to me, there was never a question. This has been, this has been a fit. Yeah. It was a fit last year, but I even said three-year deal last year. You know what I'm saying? Now it looks like this is a one-year deal, but, uh, by all accounts and, and Jason may confirm this in his conversation. I've heard him say it more than once. It's more likely he sticks around for 2024 than it is. He gets traded in 2023. Like that's just not going to happen. That's not what they're doing here. Right. So, this is uh, go ahead and allow yourself to feel good about this one, Pirate fans. Seriously, go ahead. For real, you're allowed real. to just go ahead, even if it's for this weekend and next week, and then maybe you know when it gets time. But go ahead and go ahead and feel good about this one. Um, and then just let the other things when they start to tick you off again. Just just wait for them. Just enjoy this one while it's here. <laughs> so uh, I'm gonna go ahead and hit the pause button, and we're gonna wait for Jason to connect. And so uh, we'll be right back with you guys as soon as he's on here. And we're back here. We got Jason here with us uh, from the Pittsburgh Post Gazette. Jason, how you doing? I'm doing all right. Doing doing all right. I um, did not expect to be here uh, talking about the. Well, I expected to be on this podcast because we agreed to it. I didn't expect <laughs> to be looking at a welcome home Kutch banner at the bottom and talking about um, Andrew McCutcheon coming back. And I don't know. Maybe that's the theme of this off season. I didn't expect blank. 
Like I expected them to do some stuff in free agency, but I didn't expect Rich Hill. I didn't expect Kutch. Um, I don't know. Maybe it's me, but it's been uh, it's it's been a wild ride, wild past couple of days too. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I feel like that's I feel like there's a lot of things this off season that we've kind of like we've talked about McCutcheon a lot. But you know, in the back of our heads, we knew that was never, or we thought that was never going to happen. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I read, I read your article from I think it was Saturday morning about how it came about, and yeah. I think that's probably part of why we're so surprised about it. I don't, I certainly didn't see that sort of thing coming. You want to kind of walk us through a little bit of that and, and how this did happen? Yeah, you. I mean, you and me both. I, I'm usually pretty transparent with people, or I try to be. I mean, I wrote a thing in a mailbag, I think two weeks ago, saying this was a relatively dead issue. Um, and when something like that happens, I get a question in a mailbag. My process is usually, okay, well, it's a valid question. I'm going to circle back to some people who would know and who generally haven't steered me wrong. And the consensus I got back was, yeah, like it'd be a super fun PR move, but there's probably not a baseball fit. And there really hasn't been any active discussions about it. Okay. Well, that leads to the piece you referenced. And you know, at that time, that was true. Um, around about January 3rd, 4th, 5th, somewhere in there. I don't have the exact date, but so Andrew McCutcheon sends a text to Bob Nutting. And I that's the way their relationship is. They text each other and basically says, like, I want to come back. Um, I don't want to come back for a crap situation. I want to make sure it's something that like works for you guys. Um, you know, don't lie to me. Clearly, like, you know, Kutch is asking the pirates to be straight up. And he said, like, I'm not going to lie to you. Like I've got other opportunities too, but like, this is what I want to do. This is, I, I would like this to work out. So nutting. And, and this is a little bit of a defensive Bob. I'm trying to make this not a, you know, whatever. Um, <laughs> he doesn't like the metal. He doesn't like to, you know, throw his weight around with Charrington or whomever calls up Ben says, look, Kutch wants to come back. We need to figure out if this is a fit. Um, you know, don't shoehorn him in. Like we don't want to insult the most popular player and, you know, since Barry Bonds, basically. Um, and so like talk about it. And uh, a day before I broke the news about the signing, they had coffee at a place in Warrendale, like a public place. Can you match? I can't. Then Charrington and Andrew, but man, those two look really I, I literally said something to my wife about it. I was like, just imagine walking into a coffee shop and just get ordering your coffee, looking over, trying to find a seat, and you see Ben Sherrington talking to Andrew McCutcheon. I'm not sure how we didn't know about this before we did. That's the, that's the exact thing. Look, I know the name of the coffee shop, and I can't say it. Like It's one sure. of those things you get told in, in confidence or whatever, and like they want to keep it secret. I don't know if Cherrington does like business out of this coffee shop or, <laughs> or what. But, um, they, you know, like it's just funny to me that that happened. Now, um, I think the only coffee shop I've ever gone into and seen professional athletes there with Patrick Cornquist and Carl Hagelin in a cranberry Starbucks. I think it was cranberry. It was up north somewhere. Um, but yeah, it's, it's just wild to me that that story didn't get out. And those two talk about it. But I, so they met for a while face to face and basically said, let's go. We can make this work. Charrington loved the idea. Um, clearly, I, you know, I'm not breaking any news here, but it's a big fit for the Pirates like off the field. They could use his um, veteran leadership. Um, you know, I've, it was cool for me on Friday because I've never seen the fan base that 
universally and genuinely excited about something. Like everybody spent this entire winter getting various forms of pissed off about what they did. You know, and we can sit here and debate like Rich Hill or Austin Hedges or whatever. Um, like you sign Kutch and people were like, okay, well, if Kutch is good with it, I'm good with it. Yeah. If Kutch is going to sign here, like they must be okay. I'm going to a game. Um, you know, it's all like, cool. You know, give them a chance. I don't hate what they did this offseason. I think it actually could work. I think they could actually develop some young guys. Um I think the Kutch move really makes a lot of sense. I think you can still play. So anyway, that's sort of how it came together. I'm excited to see it. Yeah, I definitely think there's a little bit left in the tank. Um, For sure. And and I did, I kind of noticed uh, one of the other things that you mentioned was one of the things that I kind of got said to me, well, they'll trade him to a contender because apparently, you know, he wants to do this thing. And I'm like, hey, from what I'm reading, man, and and from what you said, it's more likely he stays another year than it yep. is he gets traded. And I don't know if there's – I'm not even going to speculate, you know, whether or not this is it or whether there is another year or whether he'll say it or not say it. At this point, like, I don't care. <laughs> we can yep. cut his back and let's just sit in that for a minute. And I, I to me, it's uh, – and it's something I said be, before you came on in this episode. If you don't understand it, like, there aren't words to explain it to you. <laughs> it's it's just that it just it just yeah. means that to pirates fans and it doesn't have to make sense. Uh so and that's kind of it but um man I had some questions on here uh, that like about oh do you assume it's a corner you, you've already answered all these things. So <laughs> I can go on I can, I can blab about other stuff. I mean no the, the the trade thing is an important aspect of this seriously. Like when that went down um like I have to be careful about what I say and don't get myself in trouble. But like I spent a lot of Friday on the phone with various people chasing down the story that you read on Saturday. Right. So like we get out there that Kutch is coming back. Okay. Then my next step is to sort of get context around like, what does this mean? What does this mean for the Brian Reynolds trade? What does this mean? You know, as far as a potential trade team building, like you could look at the McCutcheon thing and and think that they're going to flip them. Um, I've got no indication that's what they want to do. I think it's the exact opposite, as you said, Josh. Like, I think they want to – the uh, this working would be at least Kutch finishing the year here, and then you, you evaluate. You know, if Kutch wants to play another one and this worked out great for both parties, have him again. If Kutch doesn't want to play just because he doesn't want to play and he'll be 37, okay, that's cool too. Um, I, I I wouldn't rule out a trade only in the sense that, like, I think Kutch could be playing well. I think a contender could want it. Now, if the Pirates are out of that, out out of the race, and like let's just say the Mets, for instance, they're doing really well. Like you can see them as a World Series contender. They really want Kutch. They need they need an outfielder. Like they're calling the Pirates on Kutch. The Pirates would be jerks at that point, I think, for holding on to him. And I th- I think and hope the fan base would be like, you know what? If he's got a chance to get a ring, go get a ring, man. Go get a ring. I mean, I, I, I'm excited for the storyline. I'm excited to cover Andrew McCutcheon, but I mean, the dude deserves a chance to try to win a World Series. If that means two less months at two fewer months in Pittsburgh, like I can accept it. I can get down with it. I, I hope that's the outcome. I mean, I hope they're winning and he plays enough of a role here, here that that's not a factor because that would be a lot of fun to cover. But I think that's how a trade would eventually coalesce. I think it's something that I mean, and this is we've talked about this a bunch of the fact that there's a such a lack of transparency between the fans and the decision makers 
that I think that if something does go down this path, that's going to have to change. And it's going to have to be very transparent about what is being discussed. And maybe if, if the Mets call, I would like to to see and hear that they did go to McCutcheon and say, Hey, the Mets are calling. What are your thoughts? Yeah. Because I Mm -hmm. think if, even if McCutcheon is down that road saying, I think this is it. And I, and I think I could see him saying, no, I think I'd just rather stay home. Um, if that's, if that's where he, if that's where his desire is at that point. But I just think that's, you know, I like what, I like what was, what was said. We'll cross that bridge when it comes. Yeah. And I, and I just hope that somehow they're transparent about it to let us know like, Hey, we had discussions with him about this and, you know, we weren't going to trade him unless he was okay with this trade and things like that. So Right. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Some more transparency would be welcomed on all fronts. Believe yeah. me. <laughs> you know, I, I understand the way Charrington is wired. It is certainly not atypical when it comes to MLB GMs these days. I understand the way Shelton is wired. It's certainly not atypical for managers and coaches. Mike Sullivan is the exact same way. I covered him on Penguins. He doesn't want to give a competitive edge for anything. But, like, I think, I think there needs to be a point where – those speaking on behalf of the pirates realize the situation they're in. Um, like Travis Williams needs to be out there and speaking on behalf of the pirates organization and try and connecting with fans. Um, that's not a personal shot at Travis. I just think that like pirates fans are looking for that right now. Um, Absolutely. you know, when, when stuff is bad, which it has been for the past couple of years, those, the biggest heaviest hitters in charge, like you need to hear from one or both of them, preferably. Um, you know, it's over long overdue for nothing to talk. And again, I'm I'm not somebody who just relentlessly bashes nothing. Obviously, I get accused of the exact opposite. But you know, I, I the transparency comes in like you're not making any great sweeping statements, but I think it carries weight when somebody of importance just says the basic stuff, and that's what you're talking about with Kutch. So. You know, I think Charrington can handle that. I think he's perfectly capable of articulating what they're doing. I do expect that to change. Um, but, you know, to stay on the catch topic, let's just hope it's not one and that he stays here. I think that'd be the most fun for everybody. Yeah, yeah for sure. And and I just, I'm just looking for, I was just looking over some things too. And, uh, you know, just thinking about all the different things that McCutcheon, and like this is part of that, if you have to explain it, then it, you probably will never get it. But... Mm-hmm. Just thinking of all the different things that have happened during his time here and the things that we remember and we've all got stories and stuff. And I've seen some things shared and like the time when the tarp flew up, the video came up (laughs) and like him and Sean Rodriguez went out there. And I was like, if this doesn't just like think of like all those little things that you remember. Um, And then for people who've had off the field things with him too. I mean, it just means more than baseball. Um, and I would love to continue to talk about McCutcheon, but you did allude to one other thing that's possibly impacted or not impacted, and that's the status of Brian Reynolds. Yep. And so, you know, the first thing is, oh, we got Kutch? Oh, great. That means Reynolds is gone this afternoon. You know what I mean? And there was a lot of that. Um, before we even get to that, I do have one, I do have one question because uh and I don't know if this is maybe old news or not, but I think it's something that that you know was kind of said. And my math is telling me that the Pirates could have offered around ninety to a hundred million in that six-year deal. Um, John Heyman's thing says over. You had reported before they were about fifty apart. There was 
talked that Matt Olson was a comp, which was 168, even though admittingly it was lower than that. Yep. I can't imagine you use him as a comp at 168 and not and and be at 120. Like I would imagine that's closer to 140, 150, which is why I landed around 90, 100. And so I, I've heard you say it's around 80. Uh, it, yep. You know, you know, I don't yep. know, maybe. So like how, how, where's my math missing here? Where, how did I get wrong <laughs> in this? I understand there's a difference of six and eight years. That's the big difference. And yep. so when I think that, I think, well, you know, where are we at? Where, where's my math at? Yep. Okay. So let's start with square one. Let's start with the pirates offer. Um, and we can logically get there. I, I, I've done the gymnastics and, and the writing things down and I'll try to do them here live. But so we know more dollars than Hayes and we know fewer years. They have them under contract for three. So they're not going to do that. Three, four wouldn't really make sense either. No. Uh, let's think about the number for a second. They've gone basically incrementally 10 million each time for their, their contract, right? Like I think there's like a 50, then Kendall for 60. Kutch was the 50-ish. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and then you get to Hayes at 70. Do we really think the Pirates are going to jump from 70 to 85, you know, 85 million? Like they've never jumped that upper level of a contract more than $10 million. So I put that at about 80 million. Um, 80 million, seven years, it's a little low. 80 million over five years, potentially. I settled on 80 over six. Um, and frankly, like, yeah, there's there's some intel there. Um, I've yet to have somebody tell me that that's wrong. So I've kind of run with that. Um, from the other side, the ask, um, yes, Matt Olson is a comp. That because somebody is a comp, it's also not meaning like we asked for that same contract. Like there is a realization that right now, um, Reynolds has not done as much as as Olson did like prior to his contract. Like he, if he waits, that 168 could happen. As of now, sort of subtract back what that would be. You get in about the 130, 140 range. And that's where I would okay. point you to in terms of a disparity. Um, I wrote at one point that there was about a $50 million difference in the two sides. Um, and I certainly stand by that. I've yet again, have nobody from either side telling me that that's wrong. Not that that's why you report things. I mean, it's certainly reported through the front door, but what I'm saying is, you know, if you report something incorrectly, people will tell you about it and yell at you and and say, you screwed this up. (laughs) I'm just saying that, you know, stuff that has come out, I've not heard that it's wrong. Um, so normally I would hear if it's wrong, if it's wrong, that's what I'm explaining that for. So I think that answers your question. That's sort of a roundabout way of doing it, but that's, that's a pretty good sketch of what we're looking at here. Yeah. So I have a quick question. Just stay on the Reynolds topic. Do you, do you think there's any way that the pirates and Reynolds can, can bridge that gap? Yeah. Or do you think that's over with? It would take a lot. It would take a lot. Um, the relationship has been very much compromised, if not fractured at this point. And that's not with Reynolds. Um, I, cause I mean, one of the mistakes that has been made here is attaching Reynolds dissatisfaction with like, <coughs> sorry to cough. I don't have a cough button on my, on my, uh, computer. No, um, <laughs> Like it, Reynolds asking for a trade is not because he thinks like Pittsburgh is stupid, hates Derek Shelton, hates his teammates, thinks the plan is flawed, all this stuff. 
Like Reynolds asked for a trade because there's a contract that he thinks he's worth and can get. And he's not wrong. I mean, I, I get it. Like if he continues to play ball the way he's played ball, he's going to put himself in that Matt Olson position to get, you know, 150, 160 million. Is that going to happen here? Well, the team's offering 80 million over six ish, um, you know, and like Sean Murphy is a comp that I wrote in that same story. Then like you can make that case. I, I really don't have a problem with that. But I mean, like you're just singing out of two different hymnals. So that's where it started. There's basically the realization or a lack of trust or whatever you want to call it that like this is probably not a great fit. Um, what that looks like midseason, I don't know. At this point, I, I have a tough time seeing them trading Reynolds. I don't think it makes sense. You don't want to give into a player at this point, in my opinion, and just automatically trade them when you don't have to. I think it maybe sets a little bit of a bad precedent. I don't think the offers are what they ultimately can get. So keep them. And I think they will. Um, if you get to the trade deadline this year and the Pirates have won some games and you're starting to see some some excitement here, like butts are in seats, people are, are buzzing, and you know you re- reopen things with Reynolds, there's been some time passed, some goodwill built up, everybody's happy, blah, blah, blah. Reynolds is hitting 330 with a 950 OPS or something like that. You say – hey, man, you want to re- revisit those talks a little bit? And the Pirates slide a little bit to Reynolds' side. Maybe he slides down a little bit and says, wow, okay, this is this is really fun. Like, you know, Kutch is telling me if I take a little bit of a discount, like this is what I can be. This is the role that I could play here. Man, that's pretty sweet. Okay, yeah, let's do it. So anyway, I think it's possible, but I certainly think that there are some things that need to happen, some, some stuff they need to overcome. And I mean, honestly – for those reasons alone, I wouldn't trade Reynolds right now. I just don't think you can. Like, I'd rather see, man, what if they get off to a really great start? And like, all this stuff's really fun. And like, Reynolds and McCutcheon wind up being buddies. And Kutch starts talking to him about, dude, I mean, I get what you're saying about the money, but like, I signed a discount, to, you know, I signed a discounted deal here and I had a great time. We won some games. Like, I basically can rule this town if I want to. You know, I mean, I'm a celebrity anywhere I go. Like, yeah. that's pretty sweet. I'm going to have a statue outside of this ballpark one day, or I should. Like, you know, that, that's better than some of the millions you might leave on the table. Well, yeah. and it's, I mean, even if there's not those words, watch how this city and watch how the crowd treats McCutcheon every at bat, every mm-hmm. time he does something well. And I'm, that has to be appealing to a player. Yeah. Just to see that. And I just think that if, you know, you do something, maybe that's sort of part of the realization as well as like, man, look what they look what they're doing to a guy who stuck it out. Look, you know, to a guy who brought it here. And, yeah. you know, maybe there's some of that, uh, you know, when when Judge was looking at San Francisco and everything and, you know, I listened to a lot of different people and they just I heard the argument to say, if you're going to be a legend, it's not going to happen anywhere but in New York like for Aaron judge, you've already been that here and that will never, you'll have to start all over somewhere else. Like if you go there on a huge contract and you don't do well, there's no forgiveness. If you stay where you're at, there's some, there's some leeway, there's some forgiveness there. And you know what I mean? I, I don't know. Maybe there's some of that that happens, but it's, it's hard to tell at this point. I will say this, man, that if you start, let's just take those raw numbers. Like I'm not propping them up as accurate. We're just saying marking points, 80 million, 140 million, right? Or would it, let's say 135. Cause I think, yeah, whatever. I don't, I said, I said roughly 50 million, sure. right? So we'll go, we'll go 80 and 130. Let's do that. 
Um, I mean, if they each move 25, let's is, is that terrible? I don't I don't think so. You know, be, be one heck of a contract. You're given a little bit, but you're getting a lot of the things you're taking or you're seeing. I mean, but I think some of that is contingent also on this going well. Yeah. Right. Yeah. If the Pirates wind up in a situation where a bunch of guys get hurt, maybe including McCutcheon, they're taking it on the chin. Things are miserable. Like we're not in a situation where Reynolds is going to be like, yeah, sign me up for more. Let me take less money to <laughs> stick this out. Right. It's going to be like, yeah, screw this. I'm getting my money. Right. Um, mm-hmm. So I think that's why. Very important to play good ball. Absolutely. Yeah, it makes perfect sense. And that's, uh, I mean, part of that is what we've been talking about forever. Like, just put, you know, put something on the field. They've absolutely done that this offseason is they've they've just put Major League Baseball players out there instead of yeah. uh, what it is. Um, I'm trying to look through my Reynolds notes. I had one more thing. Um, yeah, I... I have some things on here that really have changed. I mean, just that sort of thing, that kind of argument of talking about if a trade is made soon where, I mean, I, I still don't see it. I don't think they want to trade him and I, I don't think that's a thing right now. Um, so I, I'm just kind of looking at some of the questions I had about the timeline being completely moved. If, if Reynolds is moved, which is something that we talked about last week on this show. And um, I don't know. I, I still see, the asking price as, uh, um, as a, as a sign of they're asking for this because they don't want to move him. And I still think that if a team is desperate enough in July, I think this asking price could still be met. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't like the Juan Soto type deal. Like that's a, the the report that that came from even said (laughs) that it was an exaggeration. Right. (laughs) I mean, right, right, right. They Not won. to mention Juan Soto was traded along with another valuable player. <laughs> right. Um, I, I've talked to Charrington about this before. Like, you know, one of the reasons why early on in his tenure, they would target a lot of high upside younger players and basically shop for volume is because you don't take that value and put them into like top 50, top 100 guys anymore. And his contention was he's like, go look at the number of top 50 or top 100 guys that get traded right now and you know it's just like it doesn't happen a lot i mean soto is an easy example because it did involve that and it's going to include that but i mean the pirates cannot let reynolds get away for you know upside guys that flop like you just can't afford to do that if the pirates trade reynolds and they get let's say two top 100 prospects and a third piece that like looks good I think fans will understand that, you know, the right guys, the right presentation. You say, OK, look, this guy was, you know, in in Texas's system, you know, I, Jack, not Jack Leiter. I don't think that would make it get it done. But I mean, like you could say, like, look, this is a top 100 guy, top three prospect in their system, whatever. You can make a case. But, yeah, I, I just you can't you can't do it for these like um you know, getting on volume, the the guys in single A with high upside, you can't do that. You have to get more proven players. And and it's not necessarily a Juan Soto thing, but like your asking price is that rare trade that includes multiple top 100 guys. And that's what the Pirates want. That's what they've maintained for this. And that's why, because you have to be able to get return on these guys. The, the, like, the likelihood, like linking back to that Charrington conversation, it's just not real high right now. 
Yeah, and even when it is, you're, I mean, you talk about the Soto one. That came along with Josh Bell, the Trey Turner, Max Scherzer. It took two of them in order to get uh, Kiebert Ruiz and uh, help me out here, uh, the pitcher. Um, the Dodgers to Nationals, the that trade. I, I, I can't think of his name. I can't think of his name. I can't think of his name either. Yeah. Um, that's all right. <laughs> well, okay. I can't believe I can't think of this. Hold on. Are we talking about the Soto trade? No. The, well, the Soto and Josh Bell, when they, they got C.J. Abrams in that. Am I right? Yes. Yeah. So the Trey Turner, uh, Max Scherzer traded to L.A. It oh, also oh, took oh, it also oh. took two players. Yeah. To, oh, to just, get that type of return. Right? People search at this point. Yeah. What'd you say, Jake? Josiah, you had? Josiah Gray. Yes. And Kiebert Ruiz. In order to get yeah. those two players, you had to give up the two. Like you just don't get those kind of players for one guy right now. It certainly doesn't happen unless you're two players that are, I mean, Max Scherzer and Trey Turner, right? Yeah. <laughs> or, or Juan Soto and Josh Bell, regardless of, of what they did when they went to San Diego. It was, it looked <laughs> right. better on the one side, but yeah, Josiah Gray, you know, so it just, it just, you're not going to get that kind of return for somebody. I think it's interesting that the pirates are kind of, or at least the report is that the pirates are bent up on, or if that's the term on a, on like a legit, like ACE quality starting pitcher. And I guess my reasoning behind that is like, I see a lot of pitching depth right now that is on the way. And I understand that maybe the upside is a bunch of twos and threes, but like, that's what we had in, in our previous playoff runs. And I'm not sure I wouldn't be, I I'm not sure I wouldn't be more okay with the fact of like, if I've got five twos or threes without a bottom end of the rotation, that's bad why I wouldn't actually want more bats right now if that's what's like available. And so I, I'm not just sure. Now I want to, I want to pivot that into the pitching stuff because prior to McCutcheon stuff, you had had a conversation with Oscar Marine and that yeah. there was some pitching information. And I know that, that Jake got super excited seeing the word change up. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so that's Jake's pitch, <laughs> but, um, you know, we have some questions about some of that. Jake, I'll let you kind of ask the first question on that because I know you're you want your questions. <laughs> you like pitching, <laughs> so I don't know if you want to go Roanzi or, or where you want to go with this, but I feel like I there's mean, a lot I mean, of information. The, the, yeah, the article just alluded to basically shaping and controlling the changeups of these guys, and I've always said one of the second best pitch in baseball is a good good changeup because obviously the first first best pitch is a located fastball but then to, to play off a changeup and on so many guys don't have changeups right now around the league I, I think it's a crucial pitch and, and and you've talked to you've got to talk to Oscar so like how how's that all going say with like Roanzi Ortiz De Los Santos like those guys like just talk, just elaborate on that a little bit. Yeah, no problem. Uh, so when those guys left, um, not so much Yuri, but uh, Roe and Ortiz both talked about when we go back to the Dominican, we want to be able to polish our change-ups and, and get these things to improve. And um, I didn't take note a lot of Ortiz's change-up, and I probably should have. But in talking to Oscar, like he was saying that's certainly the better of those two pitches. Um, the issue with Ortiz 
is getting it more consistent, being able to throw it for strikes in the right counts. Um, with Rowanzi, it's more like his would lag behind a little bit, but he's also made a ton of progress, Oscar said, this offseason with it. Um, I, I like Row a lot. I mean, his slider is terrific. His curveball, I think, is very good. Um, he's throwing 97, 95 with location, you know, somewhere around there. Um, he could really use the changeup, though, to get it, get somebody off the spin stuff. And so uh, I like what I'm hearing with that. A lot of times I feel like young pitchers, they end up learning how to pitch by having a changeup. And it's not always pitching isn't just I'm going to throw the ball hard past somebody and then I'm going to throw a curveball and and they're going to be so bewildered because they've never seen a curveball that's as good as my curveball. Like that's not pitching. You know, I look at it from a catcher's perspective where you should be able to take your fastball, add and subtract a little bit, manipulate that pitch to get a result, not necessarily to strike everybody out, put the ball on the ground. Weak contact is great. Um, I want you to be able to set up the third pitch in the sequence by having them not hit the first pitch in the sequence over the fence. So a changeup comes into play there because it's going to get me to my third pitch. Um, And guys can learn that. You know, and if for somebody who's throwing a four seamer at 97 and you don't have a sinker or other movement with your fastball, a changeup's a great pitch. It looks like a fastball if you can match the arm action. Some guys can't, some guys can't. I mean, you know, I, I when I pitched, I was lucky I was actually able to do it. I, I threw a pretty good changeup. I couldn't throw a spin pitch to save my life, but I could throw a changeup. <laughs> um, other people, I've seen them, they grab the ball and then just spike it at 40 feet. You can't control it. So, I mean... I'm, I'm glad that both of those two seem to have some handle on it, but you also need to, it's a very easy pitch to detect if you don't throw it the right way. If you're slowing your arm, your body, fiddling with it in your glove, like that's going to be a tell it gets hit over the fence. So mm-hmm. we'll see what they do, but I like what I hear so far. Good, good. Um, so you, you also mentioned the possibility of a six man rotation. Mm. Yeah. Um, just, I mean, there's, I don't I don't mind a six man rotation, especially if you got a bunch of young guys, and especially if you have like Josh said earlier, you have a bunch of twos and threes. Like yeah, I think a six man rotation could work in Pittsburgh. Um, but let's just hear hear your thoughts a little bit on yeah. that. Yeah. I think it could work too. Um, I think it makes a lot of sense based on you know having a guy in your rotation who's gonna be 43 in March. Yeah. Um, having people in your rotation like Roe, they're still gonna be looking after his arm as they should. Um, I thought it was interesting when I talked to Oscar, I asked like, how do you guys see Johan Oviedo? He said, we still see him as a starter. I don't see Johan Oviedo based on how he finished the 22 season going to the minor leagues. I'm not sure what he has to benefit there. He was really good. Mitch ain't going anywhere. Brubaker ain't going anywhere. So Velasquez, they've told us as a starter. So, I mean, do the math, right? Like, what do you do do at that point? That's six. Um, And I, again, you're talking about a six man rotation. It makes sense. They've been very conservative in terms of like tacking innings on guys and like a six man rotation over time is going to limit what Hill throws. It's going to limit anybody in that rotation, you know, whether that's Ortiz, Contreras, Burroughs, Priester. Um, it makes a lot of sense for me. And, and, you know, I want to see Ortiz start games or not Ortiz Oviedo. I want to see Oviedo start games. And then, you know, you let him pitch. Unfortunately, I'm not, trying to curse them but i mean you're probably going to have injuries or something like that when they happen you can call up ortiz you can call up priest you can call up burrows whoever is pitching well yeah or um, go to five but, at that time 
Or go to five. Yeah, yeah exactly. Maybe, maybe off days work out that way. There's a lot of depth. There's a lot of guys to call up both on the bullpen side and the starting side. I mean, starting off yeah. with, with Ortiz, you know, because he's been here and he's had a cup of coffee and I, I had Oviedo, like, as I'm looking through, I'm like, man, I don't like this, but I have him going to AAA to start off. But I thought it was just because they were going to take it easy on innings. Um, a six man rotation does the same thing. And it also yeah. does that thing for the rest of the five that are involved. And so I, I do see that as an option too. I don't know what it looked like early since you don't really even need a five man rotation that early in the season, but it, you know, it might be interesting to see him go for a couple of weeks um, down. I mean, he does have an option. I don't think that you're going to, I mean, at some point, I don't think you're trying to save that option for next year. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't, I don't think right. they're, they're going to care to use it, um, but I don't know. And, and the bullpen alone, seeing how, uh, seeing how the bullpen's going to shape up, I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of guys. I I don't know if if Yeri starts off the season in Pittsburgh just because of an injury and and the fact that he has options and uh, and I question how you make sense of Johan Ramirez and Colin Holderman and uh, I mean even Dowry Moretta thinks a little bit easier because he's just brought in, but I I, I don't know you know there's not enough spots for all those guys to be included. And so I don't know if you've heard, uh, I talked to Gary a little bit, uh, over Twitter and he's like, yeah, why don't you ask, uh, why don't you ask your guest here today? <laughs> how, how the team looks at Colin Holderman, because I had Holderman saying like to me, I was like, he's got three options. He's the easy one to go down. He's the same age no as Johan no Ramirez, way. but he, no he said, you're going to change your mind. So change my mind. <laughs> I will. Uh, Colin Holderman ain't going down unless <laughs> Unless Colin, Colin Holderman pitches his way to AAA. I mean, they like this kid a lot, man, and and as as they should. Um, I forget what Oscar said he was throwing in a side session. It might have been like 95 or something like that. I mean, that's going to project to like 98, 99 with movement. Uh, he he is – he's a dude, to use the baseball term that I kind of laugh at sometimes. But, I mean, he – I think Holderman could have a real breakout year. I don't expect him to go down – um, a lot of times, this was also an interesting tell for me. When back in December, they brought some guys into charity events. Um, they had one batch that included like David Bednar, Jack Sawinski, Quinn Priester. Another one had JT Brubaker, Mike Burrows, uh, Chase DeYoung, and Colin Holderman. A lot of times, you won't do those things with guys that you're going to like, you know, put down to the minors when they want to be up here. You know, like you've got a pretty good picture of what the role is uh, for the same reason. I would be surprised if they like, you know, got rid of Chase DeYoung. Like, I think he's a part of their bullpen and a pretty important leader. I think the Pirates see uh, Holderman as an important part of their bullpen as well. I almost called him Eric Holderman for some reason. I don't know why. Colin Holderman. Um, <laughs> getting anyway, the, getting no. the old waiver claims mixed up there a little bit with I, yeah, that, Eric Handhold. <laughs> Oh, that's right. That's what I was saying. I was wondering what had infiltrated my brain and, and infected the Holderman thing. No, handhold. Okay. All right. So no, no, no. I mean, they seriously, guys, like you talk to anybody about around the pirates about Holderman, like it's real positive. I mean, they're not going to keep him with the major league club. If he has a crappy spring, like they'll clearly send him down and they want the best thing for him. But I, I have a tough time seeing that happen. And I think they want him to make the team. And I was mostly basing this off of finishing the season injured, you know what I mean? And so I wondered how that was going to go and whether or not he was healthy. But uh, as I said, um, he said, no, your mind's going to be changed. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Well, we still actually, um, yeah. I mean, Johan Ramirez, what, what, what have you heard there? Because I thought that it was, uh, I, we had actually had a conversation before and that, you know, there was something saying how he was sneaky good. And Jake said, I don't think he was sneaky good. I thought he was good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's, he, he was solid for them. Um, and somebody, I think they want to be in the bullpen mix. And I think this is going to be one of those true competitive spots that you were talking about where you can't fit so many guys. You have to look at how he pitches. Um, you might actually be evaluating him in the spring because I do think I was a little surprised to see them go with Dwayne Underwood Jr., Robert Stevenson, see yeah. them through. Um, I feel like the skill sets there are a little bit redundant with Johan Ramirez. Um, refresh my memory, guys. It's in my notebook here somewhere. I don't. Is he have options or not? He he's got is one option left, left, I believe. He has an option. I'll, left? I'll double check that. He has one option. Yeah. Okay. Then I mean, there's your answer right yeah. there. Like he's going to have to pitch the lights out to you know, to stay with the club, to make it a no brainer. But I mean, if you can jockey him, Charrington has talked about that for, for a couple of years now, like they need to manipulate the edges of their roster and try to expand their pitching staff. And if you've got an option, you're very valuable to them. It's a crappy place to be as a pitcher. You don't want to be going back and forth that much, but that's what I look at. You know, they're going to have a pocket of guys that they have to sort of yo-yo back and forth based on roster rules. And Ramirez, I guess, you know, if he's got an option would fit that. Yeah, and and Chase DeYoung does not, and Robert Stevenson right. and Dwayne Underwood and Harleen Garcia, obviously those guys are not options right. um, to to move back and forth. Will Crow has one. I I don't even I don't even see that happening. I don't know. It's really hard to tell, but there's not enough room. An option, their PA rep. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, one of their best bullpen guys. I mean, they just they they ran Will Crow's wheels off. That's hundred percent last year like he was a good reliever he can be a good reliever they just ran him down he was nothing he was a cloud of dust by the end of the year like i don't blame that on him um or i don't blame him for that they use him appropriately i think will crow will be in the bullpen and will be a productive member of it yeah there's mm -hmm. no doubt from from our side either i i just it's a good we haven't had this problem it's been well how are we <laughs> how are we gonna get rid of this guy and actually yeah. put somebody in the game and that's why I think that this really hasn't been as as bad as as I thought it could have gone. I as far as the offseason goes. Um, with that said, outfield. I, I I don't understand a team that has more outfielders than infielders. Um, and when <laughs> yeah. when McCutcheon becomes official, I can't see anybody but an outfielder uh, getting off that forty man roster. I can't yeah. imagine adding a tenth outfielder. I'm pretty sure there's nine right now. Yeah, uh, and I I don't understand that uh, person. I don't even know how they're going to get playing time for everybody at AAA. To yeah. be honest with you, like forget fitting everybody in the majors. I mean, they're going to be sending some guys to AA just to get them reps. But you're also going to run into a situation where there's people at AA you want to play, or people who were at High A last year that you're you're bumping up. Um, yeah, it's a bit of a weird situation. It would not shock me at all if they wound up trading uh, Cal Mitchell or Travis Swaggerty or. Smith and Jigba. I mean, not that the return's going to be any great shakes. Like you're probably just going to, you know, swap out a minor league lottery ticket, you know, outfielder for a pitcher or an infield or something like that. But I mean, they can't get all these guys playing time. No. And if there's no spot for them, I think that's probably where you say, oh, let's, you know, cut your loss there. But it's not like, I mean, if you're better for it right now, I, I don't see why that's still not a, 
a, a viable option at, at some yeah. point. You know what I mean? I mean, Ryan Vallade, I don't, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what they're thinking uh, yeah. with him. I, well, I mean, you got to figure too. They had a guy in a spot at the beginning of the off season, like calculus has changed. Connor Joe came along yep. that, you know, he's going to be a world beater, but he's probably better than Vallade. And, um, you know, obviously the Kutch thing had a weird trajectory to it. So yeah, yeah. that would be my pick for the guy to get DFA this week when they, they announced Kutch. Yeah. So, uh, I want to move on to catching. Do you have, I mean, what's the Roberto Perez deal? They wanted to play winter ball. He played 10 games of winter ball. That season's over. It's not like they yeah. can see more. If we haven't heard anything, does that mean there's nothing there? Yeah. I mean, he's, that's a, that's a non-issue at this point, as far as I understand it. Like, I think they just, I don't know whether there was concern about his medicals. It, it, it I don't know. I don't know, but I, like they had hedges and they had not seen Roberto Perez. And I think they viewed Austin hedges as a better defensive option, primarily because he's been a better defensive option and probably a more sure fit to actually stay on the field. That's not yeah. a, an intentional criticism of Roberto Perez, but at the time where they had to make that decision, they hadn't seen Perez in games. Um, I'm looking here as we talk and yeah, so he did get 10 games at 143 in winter ball. I mean, I like Roberto Perez a lot. I thought he was really good for that clubhouse. I was hoping they'd bring him back. I didn't think Austin Hedges would be a possibility. Um, and I also would understand if you're looking at Hedges, because I like what he's done defensively, handling a pitching staff, pitch framing, all that stuff. I like what he's done. He's also stayed on the field. And that's been an issue with Perez. It's now three straight seasons ended early because of injury. Like that's that's concerning. Because I mean, if, if if that happens again, like what do you what do you do? It turned into a revolving door of bad last year, and that's not helping Henry Davis or Andy Rodriguez. At least if you bring in Austin Hedges, you say, okay, well, you know, we're basically hitting with eight because this guy we can't really count on him doing much with the bat, but we know he's going to be able to teach Henry or Andy Rodriguez like this is how you catch in the major leagues. This is how you meet with pitchers for scouting reports. This is what's expected of you from a veteran starter like Rich Hill or whomever, like this is how you work with a major league umpire. This is how you do this, that, and the other. Um, but, you know, it's kind of tough for Roberto Perez to do it if he's rehabbing whatever season-ending injury happened again. No scenario where you could say we could bring him in, have the two of them. One of you get two starters. The other, or Actually, if we go six, one of you get three starters. The other one gets three starters. We got offense on some days. You don't have to play every day. Uh, you know, maybe they pick according to what they like. Uh, and I, it's not, a, it's not a roster situation. If you add Tyler Heineman, you still need to move somebody off the 40 man. So yeah. I just feel like, is it that, is it, uh, he's not signed yet, but Jorge Alfaro's out there. And I just saw a video of him hitting a walk-off hit. And I mean, he looked like a pro wrestler and I was like, I want, I could take a little bit of that. Like the dude's jacked and excited. Like, let's get yeah. a little bit of that. Share some time because. At some point, I mean, they're not going to start Andy Rodriguez there. He's the only other one no. on the roster. So, yeah. I, I, you know, I don't know where you, when you get to a place where you say, let's bring in someone else, because it's, to me, the same thing as going with Tyler Heineman, except if Roberto Perez gets hurt, then you go with Tyler Heineman. There's depth there. Yeah, I mean, it's just you, you wipe all that clean when you have Austin Hedges. If you just admit there's no offense, you know, you have you have hedges, you pair them with Heineman, and then whenever Hendy, I'll call him that, Henry, <laughs> Rod 
Henry Davis or Andy Rodriguez, whenever they're ready, you bring <laughs> them up and you pair them with Austin Hedges. And then you probably tamp back Hedges' starts a little bit and you bring in the young kid and you have more together. There's nothing wrong with that. And that's just, you know, you, you would hope you have more of a sure thing um, than you do with uh, Roberto Perez. Yeah, I, I certainly would like to see someone else, but I mean, that's, that's what it looks like. It looks like it's Tyler Heineman's backup job. I don't, I don't know how soon you're going to get Hendy to show up. I, I will yeah. say though, I mean, something that we had planned to talk about, and I don't know how much more time you have here, uh, with the triple a going to the robo umpires. I mean, I'm starting to really like that for Pittsburgh. If we do have problems with receiving, <laughs> cause those go away. <laughs> Hey, tell me well, you can block and throw and hit and you're good. Yeah. Only only problem is they have guys that actually are good at receiving. Um, you know, and and I, I guess we'll see what that translates to with Henry Davis and Andy Rodriguez, right? But uh, I mean that's a that's a big part of Austin Hedges' game. And I, you know, to be fair, like I think Austin Hedges is gonna have that um he's going to be able to do that and not have that effect that I think one area that I see as a potential trouble spot is you have Henry Davis and Andy Rodriguez operating with robo umps and triple a, and you don't have them in the major league. So like pitch framing is not that big of a deal down there. You still need to find a way to get that guy some work on it before they come up there. And like that actually counts in the major leagues. How long do you think, how long does that count? Two, this year, maybe next year. Yeah, maybe two years. Yeah, maybe two years. So that's what I'm saying, though. Looking forward, like Hedges is here now. I'm I'm good with that. I'm I, like I actually don't hate the signing, and you know, so for now, I think that's a good thing. I think that like as we project to like, oh, Henry Davis. If that's Henry Davis's knock, which I felt like it was, right? He wasn't that those. It's it's not baseball IQ. I think they're good on that. I think they're good on his arm. They're good on his bat. I thought I felt like it was the the other aspects of catching, which if those go away at the major league level, but then by the time he's here, those things are irrelevant. He can still be a great catcher. Uh, I mean, if that's the if that's the the rub there, but yeah, certainly not for for right now. That is that is yeah. interesting. If that's something that's that's lacking there. Yeah, yeah. Um, we are at about 47 minutes. I don't want to take up too much of your time there. I know that you've yeah. been kind of pulled everywhere today and, yeah. and, and everything, but man, we appreciate you coming on and we had no idea when we first talked that we were going to get <laughs> yeah. to talk about Andrew McCutcheon. That's right. That's right. <laughs> so what bonus. a little bonus there. Um, but hopefully we can have you on again as the season goes and, and, yeah. and get to talk, but I appreciate it. Um, yeah. you got it guys. So thank you. And we're going to, we're going to hit pause here. Jake and I'll come back with a little bit extra here, but uh, for then we appreciate it. Jason, thanks for stopping by. All right. Take care guys. Have a good one. Yep. You too. And we're back here on the bridge to Bucktober podcast. Um, That was a good time, man. Yeah. That was cool to talk to Jason. Yeah. So obviously appreciate him coming on. Uh, We had, we had talked last early in the week last week and got him coming in here and and everything and then the cut stuff broke and it was like holy cow and then today it seemed like with the international signing there just was a bunch of things on his table and so uh that he had to take care of so like our original kind of time that we had agreed on you know he sent us a message saying i don't know if it's gonna work and so like we just tried to work it out (laughs) as the day went on uh it was kind of uh it's kind of a little bit, bit of an adventure obviously appreciate uh him still working that in and 
and and making it happen. Um, yeah, for sure. Like I said, he's been busy spe- specifically since Friday when everything kind of happened with McCutcheon. Um, a couple things to to react to a little bit that that kind of surprised us. I going into it, I, the Holderman thing surprises me a little bit, mm-hmm. uh, but the fact that I was tipped to that, I'm not as surprised. <laughs> so um, that is interesting, though. I, I, I am eager to see how that plays out, and and I'm sure we're going to talk about this bullpen more than just uh, today. So I think I'll save some of the some of those things. Um, but what kind of stuck out to you is something that maybe surprised you there today that you learned that maybe you had a different opinion on? I, I mean, I'll be honest, as that comes to the catching situation. I thought for sure we would be looking to add another catcher and not just roll with Heineman again. And he clearly alluded to that's probably not going to happen. What surprises me about that is that I think that if you roll with Heinerman, you're sending a message that you see Andy coming soon mm-hmm. or Henry. I like Hendy. I like that. <laughs> um, and that to me, I think surprises me that that's the message being sent. I, I agree with it, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm surprised that I agree with them on this. I yeah, didn't, it, I didn't see that. I didn't either. And, and, and I always looked at too, like, you get somebody else and you split the time with edges and they are playing somewhat well and you're ready for any to come up. You can always trade them. That's kind of where I was at too. Even if you get low, like super low minor league prospects, like that may not amount to anything, but yeah, if it's not an injury, sometimes it's a numbers game. Yeah. If it's not an injury that's opening this spot up. Yeah. I'm really surprised as well that there's not, at least something. Um, And maybe that was part of the the fact that they actually liked Heinemann and the the minor league deal was, uh, hey, let's do this for now and let's let the, let's let spring figure it out. And and sure, you might get into spring training. I mean, right now, Heinemann's invited to spring training. You might get into spring training and somebody could get hurt, hopefully, you know what I mean? Hopefully not. But if if it's a 60 day injured list type of deal, or like I said, we haven't really heard anything on Max Kranick. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so I, you know, I don't know. Maybe there's something. Um, is he's the one that was that was hurt, right? I believe so. Okay. Anyway, yeah, I, there might be something that works itself out with Heineman coming up, and you don't have to have a corresponding move. If somebody's on the sixty day, you open up a spot on your forty man. Mm-hmm. He could just take that one, and then you know, might work itself out where if you sign somebody today, you're going to lose somebody. You know what I mean? So I, Mm -hmm. I guess I could see that being an alternative reason of why you go with Heinemann. I go with Heinemann because we don't want to lose that spot today. It might figure itself out down the line. Or if Mm -hmm. somebody comes in and they're not doing well at all, in that case, that works itself out too. Hey, we didn't know if this was going to work out or not. Apparently it's not cut him, bring up Heineman. Those kind of things I, th- I feel like could work themselves out. And and that's probably a, a part of this that I wasn't thinking of going into this. And, and to be honest with you, you know, one of those questions, the question of that catching position, I, I wrote that question and I had that ready for him. We just talked about it last week a little bit, but I had that ready for him prior to the McCutcheon thing. This McCutcheon thing really does 
thankfully, he's coming. It does create more problems. Yeah, I can, I can see that. Good problems. Good problems. Good right. problems, in my opinion. I welcome those problems. But yeah. it does create some other, like, organization things that is are, hey, you know, like I said, this is another outfielder. If you were planning on keeping Valade because he's been here this long, like, uh, maybe we maybe we'd let see how this thing plays out. You can't. No. You can't keep him around. I mean, you're already going from an entire... I mean, how long ago was it that we were saying there's absolutely no right-handed hitters? You know what I mean? And now all of a sudden it's... Well, I mean, we have Andujar, but then Connor Joe into the picture, and now McCutcheon's into the picture, and it's like, okay. I mean, there's a feasible chance that all three of those guys are on the on the active roster on opening day. Yeah. I, uh, yeah. I, yeah, no, go I ahead, because your opinion I is guess. different than that. Because I, 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 yeah, I just, I, I don't see Connor Joe making the opening day roster, and I, and I see a lot of people think, that think it's not even a question. You know what I mean? I just think, I think he's had his time to prove himself, and he never did. I think, I think he's thirty years old. Is he thirty? He's thirty years old. Yeah, but it's, I mean, it's a little different though. I, he does hit lefties, and that's what we need. I would I would yeah, venture to I, say I just, Connor Joe has a better chance of being on this roster than Miguel Andujar. Andujar's twenty seven. That's beside the point. I don't think the age comes in in that case. You're talking about a depth guy who's going to play against lefties. Yeah, or not talking about a starter. Why, I don't see why Andujar wouldn't be that. I would I for my for my opinion, I would take Andujar over Connor Joe any day of the week. Well, and I think that's the question that gets played out. But I could see both of them playing when there's a lefty on the mound. I could see all three of yeah. them, McCutcheon, Joe, and Andujar, in the lineup against the left-handed uh, pitcher. See, I, I think I don't, I don't think you, I don't think you platoon with Jack Swinski. I think you just got to let him play. I think Early he gets on. days off. He gets days off. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. And if his days off should be against left-handed pitchers. Yes, but I don't think he should be in a platoon situation. But I if you when, give when him a day off, but if you give him a day off against a right-handed pitcher, that's foolish. Sure. So, which means that the only opportunities that the guy behind him gets to play is against lefties. I think that's ridiculous for that to be a guy like Cal Mitchell or Kanan Smith. Well, it could be Ji Huan Bei. Also, another moved, lefty. But he's hit lefties well. But he hits lefties. Career. I think Ji Huan Bei still, I think his path is in the infield right now. And I know that a lot of people say he's my starting center fielder. I wonder how that changes at this point. Right. But, you know, there's that whole thing. So let's move in. I, I was going to bring up somebody else, but let's move into this. Um, the arbitration numbers are out this week. We said we we're going to follow up mm -hmm. on that. So while we have a chance to do that sort of thing, we, you know, some of these things, these like little cut and dry things, we didn't want to spend our time uh, with Jason on these sort of things. So Zach Thompson was traded the Blue Jays for a minor league outfielder. I don't even, I'll be honest with you. I know that you said like, hey, I'm looking him up. He's fast. He's got a good arm. I don't care. Right. He uh, to me, I, I don't care. This was a. Uh, I, I mean, I don't know why it's an outfielder. We just talked about all the outfielders we're gonna have in AAA. I don't see him being in AAA. He's probably gonna be in Double A. I guess I don't really know. Anyway, he was traded. Chavez Young, Chavez Young, one of those. <laughs> <laughs> Pirates signed Andrew McCutcheon one year deal, five million. We talked all about that, uh, and we'll never stop talking about it. Um, avoided arbitration with four of the five eligible. Technically, five of the six. Andrew Har was early on, right? So JT Brubaker gets 2.275 million. Mitch Keller gets 2.4375 million. 
Is that right? Four, three, seven, five. Was that the number? Jeez. Yeah, no, that's not a number. I mean, it can't be a number. There's an extra number in there somewhere. Yeah. Um, Probably 4.75 or 2.475. Yeah. Or Probably three. Fat, yeah. Somewhere yeah, in there. Fat anyway, fingered fat fingered something there. Dwayne Underwood, 1.025. Um, and Robert Stevenson, 1.75. Um, that's right around where all the projections were. I think Keller was at 2.4. Brubaker was 2.3, which is close. Underwood was at one. He's 1.025. Uh, Stevenson was at 1.9. So he came in a little bit low. Not kind of not surprised there. Uh, they're going to have to go to arbitration with G man Choi. He was estimated at 4.5. Okay. So I don't get hung up on the difference between the two. And I guess that was probably a question that maybe would have been good for, for, for Jason. Do these, do they know before they submit where the other camp is? You know what I mean? Do they even yeah, know? know? Because that's know. what I'm saying. Like everybody always says, I can't believe you're going to arbitration over this much, but they're going to arbitration over. I mean, another player. Yeah. You know what I mean? This is what? 800,000 ish. 750,000 like that's another player on your roster, a young player making league minimum at 700,000. So this is enough, but also let's talk about the offers because he was projected at 4.5 and the pirates offered him 4.65. They went above, they went above the projection to say, nah, like let's, let's do this. I feel like that's a, that's a hat tip to you, buddy. Right. And then you came in at 5.4. <laughs> I question I, the decision here. Yeah, it just doesn't make sense to me. I feel I, like I, the Pirates I, I did their him. part. Yeah, I take him to arbitration. Oh, 100% the Pirates are going to win that arbitration case. Yeah. I'll yeah. let this thing ride out. If he wants to take your offer, then give it to him. Right. Don't go to arbitration. Otherwise, go to arbitration because you're probably going to pay him $4.65 million. I, I do not see G-Man Choi winning that case, and I 100% support. I mean, dude, the Pirates, how much have we said, well, they 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 cheaped this one out. This was a bad move by the Pirates. I can't believe they tried. Nah, they went above this time. Like, they did. <laughs> I, I yeah. got nothing here. No, I, that makes sense. I, I would. Do you think G-Man Choi's maybe pushing a little bit? to? I mean, the writing's on the wall. You just signed McCutcheon. Uh, I don't, uh, his playing time just got hit. Sure. Yeah. If they were planning, if he was planning on playing against left-handed pitchers, he's not anymore because McCutcheon's going to be the DH. Right. I see McCutcheon DHing and I see Andujar and Connor Joe in the outfield when there's a left-handed pitcher on the mound. Carlos Santana is a switch hitter. He'll be playing first base. I mean, I'm just saying if the pirates are planning on winning any games or winning more games than they lose, even if that's what their plan is, then I don't care about your feelings and whether or not you're a left-handed hitter and you can do it. We've got the guys to have a better lineup. Yeah. We're going to do this and we're going to win more games because of it. And I see, I mean, Castro's a switch hitter. G man, uh, G Juan Bay can hit both. So those are unaffected by that, but you've, you could potentially have three right-handed bats in the outfield with the DH and, and McCutcheon DHing. And we know that he's, he's depth plus DH. Like he's going to play outfield, but he's also going to DH. He's going to play a lot. He's got some milestones to hit. I, I see him playing in 135 games, 140 games, 145. I mean, who knows? 
-hmm. Like it's going to happen. The fact that the Pirates have a DH now, it looked like that was going to be the two first basemen, but I don't know that it is now. Yeah. I mean, you, 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 G-Man Choi is going to get games because Santana's not young. Oh, absolutely not. So he's going to get his fair share of days off. And it depends and, and on how many Choi lefties we those. run into. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, it's going to happen. There's going to be days off. There's going to be days on. If we're facing a lot of lefties, then yeah, G-Man Choi is going to play against some lefties. If we're barely well, facing lefties... Lefty? He's a left-handed hitter. Right. And he's not going to face left-handed pitching. Right. You, you, you're saying... Okay. I had you backwards then because I thought you were saying that he's going to play against lefties. No, if if I'm saying if, if we play against if we if we play against a lot of left-handed pitchers, he'll see some left-handed pitching. If we don't, th- there's no reason for him to ever see a left-handed pitcher. The only yeah. way is like, hey, we're having trouble getting him in because we're facing a lefty every night. Well, then he's going to have to play. You yeah. know what I mean? <laughs> I got you. But like if we're not fi- that's the same thing with Jack Swinsky. Like I don't see that as a platoon unless if we're 50% right-handed pitchers against us and 50%, then yes, Jack Swinsey's going to play against lefties. If mm-hmm. we're 25 and 75, that's not a platoon. That's giving him days off against left-handed starters. Yeah. And, and that's where I'll give him the days off. And I understand the argument like, oh, he's too young to do that too. No. Uh, to be honest with you, I'd rather just win. And he'll, uh, yeah. he'll get his opportunity. Let's, let's, it's sophomore year. He'll, he'll, when he becomes... So valuable that you want to keep him out. If if Swinsky's hot and there's a left-handed starter coming, that's not, oh, let's say, Carlos Rodon. He's lefty, right? Did I just screw that up? He's lefty. That's what I thought. I was like, as soon as I said that, I was like, crap, is he right-handed? <laughs> anyway, if it's Rodon, like Jack Swinsky's not playing. Unless he's red hot right now, he's not playing today. Like, I'm just not going to do it. And I... I and maybe this works itself with itself out. Maybe Andujar or Connor Joe are absolutely terrible, and there's just no, there's no way we can carry both of them. Then okay, now I now I see more of a challenge because to me the opportunity to give Jack Swinsky days off and to play one of the, and some of those other guys. And there's going to be days that Swinsky gets off against righties because there's no way we're going to face 50-50. I mean, there's just more righties than there are lefties. Right, especially in our division, I, you know what I mean. There's there's just more righties in there. I, I know that it's a balanced schedule and it's not quite, but it looks like there's not a whole lot of lefties to be to go up against us. I think you carry the two righties if that's the case, but I don't. I don't know. I don't know. It's a weird, it's a weird thing. But to be honest with you, I'd rather just win. I'd rather have a chance to win more games. I'd rather put a lineup out there that's that's better. I get that. I just don't think that includes Joe. All right. Well, well, I mean, obviously spring training answers a lot of questions, right? Kind of. <laughs> Listen, I put a lot of stock in, in like right. Diego Castillo last year. But he started off of okay. spring training. He did. He did. But. He just, they got caught up with. I mean, we know Kevin Newman hit 1,200 that one year. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so, I know it was... If I God, I'll be bagging groceries in a couple of weeks. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's. Uh, what else did we have here? Let's kind of wrap this up. International signings were announced today. Go look them up. We're not going to take a bunch of time on that. Um, you know, these guys are a long ways off, and not that I don't think that that's important. Um, but you know, go look them up. Uh, they're out there. I don't really have a lot to say about it. Uh, robot umpires. I, I alluded to this when we were talking to Jason. 
triple uh, A all robot umps this year. Um, automated strike zone where you can challenge it. Not really robot umps calling every one of them, right? But there is a challenge system with the automated strike zone where you have the ability to challenge. Um, receiving is not dead at that point, right? right? I mean, I don't know how many challenges you get if it's unlimited. I mean, it doesn't take long. Receiving's not dead, but I think that in this scenario, I think it changes a little bit. If you're saying Henry Davis probably doesn't need to stay being a catcher, I don't know that that does. It doesn't change. If that comes to Major League Baseball, I think it's less important. I don't know if Austin Hedges keeps getting work right now. What he does is valuable. When they can challenge it, I'm not sure. Yeah, and maybe it, it still it is. I haven't. What the actual rules are, you know what I mean? Right. It, they can challenge it. That's what we know, right? If he if he steals, a, but the thing is, is getting those ones. Can can you challenge it as a catcher and a pitcher? If he calls a ball on what you thought was a strike, you know what I mean? Because I think there's there's two ways to that. Right. So, I, you know, I don't know. And I don't really know. Like, I haven't thought about this. I haven't thought about the, you know, maybe we'll get into that later. But what I do know is it's in AAA right now. And I think it's going to have an impact. Um, and Jason kind of said that, too. He's like, you know, well, now you're not going to have guys working on that. And then they come up here where it matters. And, you know, what? how's that affect? I think they still can work on it. It's a challenge system, right? So you can still steal some strikes. And if you're able to do that and you get challenged and then you win it, that's actually a good thing. That That's a sign that you did your job because they called mm -hmm. it a strike when it was really a ball. And so I think that there is still a little bit of, um, there's still a little bit of a scenario where you can see how that plays out and where it's, hey, that's a good thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, all right. Well, I know we went a little bit long today, but obviously we wanted to fit that conversation in and the full conversation and that, you know, we expected that to go a half an hour. Um, I, I hope Jason's not mad at us for taking an extra 15 minutes, but <laughs> I, I feel like it was okay. Um, once again, appreciate him. Um, his Twitter was on the video there, but if you aren't watching on the video and you're listening, go check uh, his Twitter is at J Mackey, P G M A C K E Y. Um, go, uh, go check him out on Twitter. Obviously a lot of news breaks from those guys, those beat writers. And so, you know, obviously that's where we get a lot of our stuff. Uh, we depend on those guys that are there with the players and with all the sources and all those sort of things. And so, um, you know, go check him out. Obviously, Post-Gazette, if you have access to that, he writes for the Post-Gazette and things like that. So um, I'm looking at my list here. Did we cover everything we wanted to? Was there anything else that we had on here? We talked about our ARB guys. I think we're I think we're good to go. Am I right? Did you have anything else? You like your change-up talk? I did like my change-up talk. I, I, I like change-ups. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's it's just funny to me because we talk about it enough, right? Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, then that's all we have for today. Uh, guys, next week, um, kind of take a look. We'll be in person next week. Yeah. Coming up to visit. So we'll be in person next week, and then we'll see what things. Um, I think we're going to make some Hall of Fame ballots if you want to. We're, we're, we're going to record a little bit early next week, though. So, yeah, if, if any anything, news breaks, if anything breaks on Saturday, Friday, Saturday, early Sunday, if yeah. anything breaks, we're going to miss it because I think we're recording on Friday. Yeah. So early uh, on Friday, too. Yeah. So we'll see how that goes. But looking forward to it. Looking forward to yeah, hanging absolutely. out with you. All that good stuff yeah. in person. Um, I'm excited Andrew McCutcheon. To see the new office. Andrew I'm excited to see the new office set up. A little bit new here. Um, mm -hmm. I don't know if you can. Yeah. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll, do, we'll get it next week. But. Yep. Got a couch now. It's feeling good. Yeah. It's a place to be. No. Um, 
Kutch, man. Kutch is back. Kutch. I wish we could have just spent the whole hour on Andrew McCutcheon, right? I, I mean, I got him. I, do I have the same thing? I've got the Probably. same thing back there. I've got the, the same one back there. And, yeah. I, I wore the Kutch shirt, but I'm cold. So, you know, I, I don't know. It's the it's the bucking one, right? Mm-hmm. The old, uh, yeah, there it is. <laughs> yeah. Kutch is back. And uh, like I said, if you don't get it, you won't get it. Show up on opening day and watch what happens. Don't sit next man, to me, I, though. Man, I hope I can make it up there. I had a friend of mine who's a Reds fan um, who just texted me out of the blue and said, hey, congrats on Kutch, man. And I said, thanks. And I'm like, this is a Reds fan, right? He gets it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I said, I said, thanks, man. It's It's been a wild day at, the, at that point. And he said, I think it's great for Pittsburgh, and I think it's great for baseball. And I said, yep. There's been a lot of people outside of Pittsburgh fans. Um, I mean, I got a lot of texts <laughs> from fans, yeah. from non-pirate fans, right? Yep. And just people saying, how's your day today? with a wink, you know what I mean? And it's like, dude, my day's great. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Uh, a Phillies fan who's a good friend of mine, right? I've brought him up yeah. before. Obviously, they got to experience McCutcheon, um, and he said that how much he loved it, you know what I mean? He's like, I would have welcomed him back to Philly. And I'm like, I know. I know. That's that's how it goes. Um, yeah. A lot of positive yeah, yeah. vibes from everywhere. I did have a couple people say, like, how's that? Does he think he's going to win there? Like, I don't. We're not, even, a buddy, we're not even talking buddy about that just, right now. Yeah, they, he just sent me a text and he just said, Kutch. <laughs> it's been crazy. Yeah, it, was, it, it was it was it was this year. <laughs> yes. Oh yeah. <laughs> Love it. Yeah, dude. It has been a lot of fun. And obviously, you know, our family's had some um some really wholesome moments with Kutch and everything like that. So we have you know, all the, all the wholesome feelings and things like that. And, uh, all that stuff is, uh, is really cool for me. And mm-hmm. so it's, it's a lot of, uh, a lot of positivity around, uh, Bucko nation here and just very excited. This is the last ride. I don't care how, you know, I still think, I still think he's a good player. He's certainly not the MVP player he was when he was here. Um, sure. but I still think he's a, a, a very good player. I think it's a great fit. I, I'm just not worried about, um, about the impact of, you know, maybe losing at bats for some guys. Like, I just think it's time to invest into the major league roster. And I think that what this means is if you want at bats, you got to earn them. Mm-hmm. I think this pushes everybody in the situation to be better because now you're not just going to be given at bats because we want to see it. Right. I'm going to keep rambling. We're probably going to keep talking about this. Let's wrap this thing up. Yep. You good? I'm good. Let's go Bucks. Let's go Bucks. Thanks for listening to my dad and Uncle Jake on the Bridge to Bucktober podcast. Follow them on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Bridge the Number Two Bucktober. Don't forget to subscribe so you know when new episodes are released. Clear the deck, cannonball coming, and let's go, Bucks!